my goal has always been to be another addition to the world's long list of really amazing actors. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, to another episode of Mr. A+. Today's guest is Denise Roberts. Denise Roberts has been a producer, director, actor and author since 1980. Denise has been in so many television shows and films that would be impossible for me to list them all. But you might remember her as Julie Winters on the ABC's GP and Isabel Turnbull on Channel 7's Always Greener or Australian television favourites like Water Rats, E Street, Home and Away. She is also the CEO of Screenwise, which is a film and television school in Sydney. Hello, Denise. Hi, Michael. It's good to be here. The pleasure is all mine to have you on. So you're about to do my um, Screen Acting for Beginners course at Screenwise. Yes, that's right, in, in July. Are you looking forward to it? I am, but I'm also maybe slightly nervous about it. Are you? What, what will you be nervous about, do you think? It's because of fear of the unknown. Right. It's basically the perfect place for anybody starting out in acting. It introduces you and the rest of the students to the, the foundations of acting, which is really, really important. You know, if we want to do anything, we need to know the foundations. You know, things such as breaking down a scene, developing character, working with other actors in the scene, learning to connect with them. And it's a, it's a lovely boutique environment. So it gives you a really good chance to get feedback directly from the tutor and you can also learn from the feedback that your tutor is giving your other classmates as well. So, you know, you're going to learn so much. You really are. And you'll get out what you put into it. So as long as you work hard, you should come out after that six weeks feeling pretty confident about um, really starting in the acting industry. When did you know that you wanted to be a performer? Well, I come from Scotland originally. And I come from an industrial city in Scotland, Glasgow. And so basically what happened in Glasgow was people either left Glasgow or they went to work in a factory. And I was obsessed with television. In fact, I'll show you how old I am. I used to watch the little dot on the black screen get bigger and bigger and bigger. And at five o'clock every day, it would burst alive on the television. And I loved it so much that that's all I ever wanted to do. So from about the age of four or five, I've always wanted to be on film or television. Always. Wow. Mm. That actually also reminds me, did you enjoy performing as a child? You know, the funny thing about that is because I was the only child up until I was about oh, 11 or 12, um, I was quite a lonely little child. So oh. my father used to, he was a carpenter and he would work during the day and he would work in the bingo halls at night. And sometimes he would take me along. And as soon as I got the opportunity, I would jump up on stage and do a little dance number or a little song or whatever. I just loved the attention because I was such a shy little girl, you know? Yeah. That's one way of overcoming shyness. <laughs> it is. It is, absolutely. But for me, I've always loved performing ever since I was a kid. And did you sing and dance and do all of no, that sort of stuff? I wasn't really into that 
part of the performing arts. I was more into voice acting and performing itself. You've got a great voice. You've got a lovely voice. Thanks. With kids today, unfortunately, because they've got iPhones and laptops and they're constantly on the iPhones, I don't think they get the opportunity to stretch their imagination like I did when I was a kid. We'd play things like cowboys and Indians, nurses and doctors, you know, playing hospitals, you know, all, all sorts of little scenarios and using our imagination yeah. all the time. And I think that really helps when it comes to acting. You know, that's one mm. of the sensory, intuitive sensories that you really need to sort of develop if you want to be a good actor. Yes, that's right. In fact, when I was a kid, I was often reserved because all I wanted to do was just um, watch animated shows and when I did, I often imitated the voices and mimicked the characters physically as well. Very good. And there's a lot of big actors that do that. Lots of well-known Hollywood actors who can mimic different voices and do all sorts of different things. That's the skill in yeah. itself. So well done. Yeah, thanks. Do you want to be a character actor or a, or a lead actor? It's never really bothered me what type of actor I'd be. My goal has always been to be another addition to the world's long list of really amazing actors. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you just have to work hard at it. You'll get out of it what you put into it. And if you work hard and you really want it, then nothing's going to get in your way. Yeah, I guess not. How did you get into the entertainment industry? It was a little bit different when I first started. I came to Australia and um, in the um, 70s, and it was very different type of industry in those days. And um, I went to a few auditions, didn't get the roles. And then when I was at those auditions, people said to me, you have a lot of potential, but you, you lack the training. So in 1980, I joined the Ensemble Theatre uh, here in Sydney. There's no, um, there was no film or television acting school. It was only theatre schools. So I joined the Ensemble Theatre and I trained there for three years. When I left the Ensemble, when I... I graduated, I decided that, you know, theatre was good and it was good fun, but I really did want to get into film and television. Um, So I did a few things. I I got into small roles in things like Home and Away. There was one called Arcade. Um, I got in small roles in East Street. They started to get bigger as I went along. Um, And then, of course, the big one was GP on the ABC, and I ended up being one of the leads in that for seven years. Lovely. Yeah, and so from there on, um, everything just sort of fell into place because um, having a profile is very important in the industry. So you have to build that profile. And once you build that profile, people come looking for you. Yeah, that's right. My entrance into this industry has been particularly peculiar. In what way? I ended up joining a, a documentary called Love on the Spectrum or a reality show as as most people like to call it. When it first aired on on the ABC, I never really expected it to be that popular. It was very good. I saw it. I didn't see every episode, but I saw a few episodes. My daughter loves it. Glad she enjoyed it. The following year, in 2020, also landed on Gogglebox as well. And that's how the Americans found out about Love on the Spectrum. And as time went on, my popularity just continued to grow. Well, and how are you handling it? Are you enjoying the, the ride? Yeah, I'm, I am enjoying it. Being famous, it's okay. But to be honest, um, there are also some, um, a few downsides to being famous. 
Because with some people, you never know if people like you for you. Yeah. Um, I think once you've been... I think once you've been in the industry long enough, you're able to um, discern which sorts yeah. of people those particular types of people are. Yeah. But, you know, most people in the actual industry itself are very down to earth and, um, you know, you can trust that. I know when I was on GP yeah. on the ABC, it was a medical show and I would be in a restaurant having dinner and I would have someone come up and ask me if I could tell her how to cure her... Um, reflux <laughs> you know and sometimes I'd be in the supermarket and people would come up and ask me some medical advice and I'd say look I'm an actor I'm, I'm not actually a doctor I can't give you any advice no. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I think that happens a lot with everyone Michael you know yeah. and I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt and smile yeah. and appreciate the fact that you know that they want to meet you which is lovely yeah in fact I get people stopping me on the street a lot in public as well. And some of them even ask me for a selfie, which I always permit because um, it puts a smile on their face, makes their day. The world needs more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds to me like you're fitting in quite well. Thanks. I'm doing my best. But I do have to admit I'm not perfect. Oh, no one is, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Although I do want to be the kind of actor that, that everybody loves working with. Not just the cast, but also the crew and the director. That's very important. Um, it's a team effort. You know, the, the crew and all the other actors, they all deserve the same respect. Um, you yeah. know, when you, when you watch award shows, very often you'll see actors getting up and the first people they, they thank for the award is the crew because the crews work very, very hard. They're there very early in the morning and they're there right up to the last minute at night especially the makeup artists. You know, they're there before anyone. Yeah. We're very lucky in Australia. Even the Americans rave on about how special our crews are. Yeah, I would say so. As an actor, what roles do you enjoy doing the most? I enjoy doing roles that I've never done before, you know, but I love character roles. The great thing about character roles is that it doesn't matter how old you get, or how chubby you get or whatever, um, there'll always be roles out there that you can play. Ah, nice. Whereas if you're, if you're a romantic lead, then you have to worry about how you look all the time, you know? Yeah. As a genre, I'm particularly more interested in comedy. Right. I love comedy too. Comedy is very hard. It's a, it's a, you know, it's not easy. Um, great comedic artists make things look so easy but in fact it's a lot more difficult than drama comedy has the exact same tools as drama but they're applied in a very different way mm. you, you can't fluke comedy you have to no. you have to be specific you have to make sure that those laughs come every time although for some reason a lot of people tell me that i'm apparently funny yeah you might you might very well be um can you tell a good joke i don't really have jokes don't you well, I sometimes oh. say to my students, um, learn to tell a joke, because if you can learn to tell a joke, then you'll learn the timing. It's all about um, comedic timing, and it's all about pace. Well, Do you ever I've... watch Seinfeld? Nope, I've never seen it. Oh, you must watch Seinfeld, Michael. It's fantastic. You'll probably find it on YouTube. It's hysterical and really, really wonderful comic timing. In fact, my favorite humor is deadpan humor. I think you'd be very good at that, I can tell. The thing is, if I try to be funny, it, it doesn't work. Right. Well, don't try to be funny. 
Just just say it the way you would normally say it. I speak very bluntly. Apparently, it makes makes a lot of people laugh for some reason, even though I'm not even trying to be. Well, might write a little blunt humour routine and try it out on people. Might be something I could look into. Can you do accents? I'm terrible at them. Are you? Yeah. Well, you know, like it probably would help if you learned to do an American accent at least because an American accent, we tend to do a lot of um, self-taping over here for America and the Americans like your accent to be authentic. So maybe it wouldn't hurt for you to do maybe a short course on the American accent. I suppose not. Hmm. Because you find that if the Americans are taking interest in Love and the Spectrum, then perhaps maybe there might be some US opportunities that might pop up from time to time. So if you've already learned an accent, an American accent, then your agent can then put you up for it and not have to worry about you having to learn it first. I always say to my students, when you learn an accent, one day a week, just one day, just go places where people won't recognise you, they won't know who you are, and just speak in the American accent all day long and let people think you're American just for the practice. Yeah. You can never, ever stop training. Even I train. When I go to America, I do special workshops and um, acting classes and things like that because at the end of the day, you've got to keep honing your skills. Otherwise, they go to sleep. You know, you've got to keep yourself awake. The old saying is preparation meets opportunity. So the more you can learn and the more you're prepared, the more chance you've got when those opportunities arise. So the agent can only do so much for you, you know. The agent can maybe get you in the door. The agent can maybe get you the auditions or the interviews. But it's really up to you to come up with the goods when when he or she uh, manages to get those auditions and interviews for you. So the more you train, the more you prepare, the more ready you're going to be when those opportunities arise. Yeah, that would be true. Um, I got, I've gotten myself into trouble sometimes. I remember when I was in Canberra, I decided to put the French accent on for the day and I went into a hotel to ask the lady behind the reception if she knew where the congregational hall was and I did it in a French accent and she said, oh, wait here. Oh, she said, our chef's French. He'd love to meet you. And she went running into the kitchen and then this French chef came out talking in French and I didn't have a clue what he was saying. <laughs> didn't okay. have a clue what he was saying so then I had to admit that I actually didn't speak French <laughs> and then they just laughed and I, I went away feeling quite embarrassed <laughs> well at, the, at least you um, were humble enough to to admit that you don't speak French <laughs> yeah but you know they thought it was quite funny nice how important is it to you to teach your craft to others well it's the only way you're ever going to become immortal isn't it it's the only way you can become immortal because you have to pass on your skills. Because mm. I think I think it's it's always good to have a school where the people, the tutors who are teaching you, are people who are actually currently in the industry. They're actually in front of the cameras. They're actually behind the cameras. They know what's going on and they know how the industry's changing. You know from time to time, um, and they know what those changes are. And with acting, there's always different methods um, being created and different things to try, and only people who are currently in the industry um, understand what those those changes are. And so it's important to have people teaching you 
who are doing it themselves rather mm-hmm. than someone teaching you who has never been on stage, never been on camera, never been behind a camera, or if they have, they haven't been since 1976. There's no point in being taught by people like that because they're not current. They don't understand what the industry requirements are. And at Screenwise, we do. In fact, I'm also quite aware that two of your past students of of Screenwise are Chris Hemsworth and Isabel Lucas. Yeah. Chris came to Screenwise a very long time ago. He came to Screenwise, I think, in 2003 or four, I think. And Liam also came once or twice. But... Chris came doing the part-time courses, something similar to what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, we've had a lot of wonderful actors come through the doors. Not so wonderful when they came in, but certainly wonderful when they went out. I can imagine that. And um, since I've now mentioned like once or twice that I'm enrolled in this beginner's course at ScreenWise, what can I expect? You're going to be able to talk directly to the tutor. You're going to get direct feedback from the tutor. You're going to work with your peers in the class on camera, working together, um, developing characterization and also working on scenes, breaking down a scene. And then you'll get to uh, watch those scenes back and then you'll have constructive feedback on how you can how you can improve it. You can hear the feedback that the other students are given and you'll be taught all the foundations, the really important foundations that every actor should know when it comes to the tools of the trade and how to apply them. You'll get a lot out of it. You will really, really enjoy it. Um, You know, the, the foundation tools that you learn, Michael, can be used in real life as well, not just in acting, but in real life. There's a lot of students that have gone from learning acting at ScreenWise to doing other things like becoming producers, directors. They've gone on to do be presenters. Um, I don't know if you ever watched The Voice, but Darren McMullen, who used to present on The Voice, he's at the moment in Celebrity Apprentice. Darren came to ScreenWise. And um, we've got a lot of um, actors out there who are actually excellent presenters as well. Oh, and I think I could also benefit from that American accent class as well. Absolutely. We're always doing American accent classes. What is one of the key things you hope your students learn from your courses? Well, first of all, I hope that they learn professionalism. That is number one paramount, professionalism. Turning up on time, being prepared, knowing your lines and showing respect. That's number one. Number two is that I hope that they turn out a much better actor than what they were when they came in. That's one thing that I can guarantee. I don't, you know, I can't guarantee that um, people will will go out there and become movie stars. I can't guarantee that they'll go out there and, and find a top agent. But I can guarantee they'll be a much better actor when they leave to what they were when they first came through the doors. For sure. Yeah. I've also heard that some people in this world also see acting as just a hobby, which I find insulting. Well, you know, like, I mean, I've had people say to me sometimes, I've seen you in that show, I could do that. How do I become an actor? And I say, well, go and train for three years like I did and then continue to keep on training. That's how you do it. Because it is not easy, believe me. It is not easy at all. Far from it. And people don't don't realise that it's not just walking and talking. There's a lot more to it. And I really commend right. you for joining the um, the beginner's course. I think you're going to love it. I will? Yeah, absolutely. And the reason being is because I can see that you want it. You want to do it. You want to, you want to learn yeah. how to act. 
And you've got to have yes. that passion because if you don't have the passion, then yeah. you have a hobby and you're not going to get anywhere with a hobby. I'm not aspiring to be the best or the best or most amazing actor of all time. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was never my plan. My plan was to be become a really great actor. You know where to start? The, the first place you start is you. You've got to bring yourself yeah. to it because you are unique. We're all unique and yeah. we all have our own little quirks and things and that's what makes us different. So if we get up and we start acting, you know, too much like something else, then we're actually moving away from all the right. wonderful things that we ourselves have to offer and that's really important. So, you know, yeah. never lose you because you are a one-off. Yeah. There's nobody else in the whole world like you, Michael, yeah. and that's what you've got to bring to your acting. Yeah. Although um, I do tend to take inspiration from from other actors on their performances, and see and see how I can make that into my own without making my performance a carbon copy of theirs. Yeah, exactly. I remember listening to a documentary with actor Michael Caine, and he said, you know, pinch things. He said, but make sure if you're going to pinch anything, make sure you pinch them from good actors, not bad ones. <laughs> mm. You know, so by all means, you know, steal things from other actors for sure, but make them your own. Yeah, of course. Because I've also read certain articles where some actors are are difficult to work with. I made a vow that if I ever got into that industry, I would strive to be somebody that everybody enjoys working with. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, especially on set, you're um, you're working very closely with each other. And you spend a lot of time. Sometimes you'll go out on a film and you might be three or four months away working really closely with these people. You've got to learn to get on with everyone. Otherwise, it could be a nightmare, a nightmare for you and for the crew. Yeah, I don't want that. No. And, you know, in Australia, we don't tolerate that sort of behaviour anyway. Um, they no. may tolerate it in America, I don't know. Um, you know, but if someone becomes too much of a prima donna, They'll just stop getting hired. Yeesh. But I don't really need to worry about any of that because I didn't come from a privileged background. I actually came from a rather humble background. But my parents raised me correctly. They raised me well. They taught me old school values. They And they always believed in me. And my father always encouraged me to pursue acting because he knew that I had something inside. And that's it. what you're doing, so I'm sure you'd be very proud. Yes, but I'm also determined to um to not lose any of my chances. Well, you won't. You hang in there. You just keep doing what you're doing. In case you can't really tell, I'm actually quite a serious person. Right. I take a lot of things seriously. Well, that's good. That means you get them done. And now... I believe you have an improvisation exercise for us to do together. Yeah, I thought it might be fun. It's called the, the question exercise. Okay. Have you ever heard of this one before? Nope, but I'm intrigued. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll create a scenario and okay. then we can only ask questions. We can't say yes, we can't say no, and we can't answer the question. We have to answer it with a question. Okay. So I'll give you an example. We'll have a little go of it first. I'll just say to you, how are you, Michael? How are you doing? Why do you want to know? Why are you asking me that? Why can't I? 
Why do you have to ask me? You won. <laughs> so that's that's it. Now let's do it, okay? Let's do it properly. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Say we're um, on a deserted island. Our ship's sunk and there's only you and I on the deserted island. We've just bumped into each other and we're happy that somebody else is there. So we'll start on the deserted island. I'll start with you, Michael. Here we go. Okay. Were you on that ship? Um, were you? Where are we? Why are you asking me that question? Aren't you worried about food? Aren't you worried about getting home? What about, what about water? What about fresh water? Aren't we surrounded by sea? Aren't you aware that this is salt water, not fresh water? Can you drink salt water? Um, why are you asking me that question? Well, who else am I going to ask? Why don't you ask the Lord? Can you climb a coconut tree? Um, can't you? How am I going to get up a coconut tree? You don't know the answer? I think coconuts are good, aren't they? Are they nutritious? Are they delectable? Will they keep us alive when we eat them? Will they be of any benefit beneficial to our health? How are we going to survive? How? How are you ever going to shut up? <laughs> well done, Michael. You did a really good job. Most people, Thanks. when they first play this game, always end up answering the question by accident. You were really clever. Well done. I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised that you did such a good job. Thank you. But do you know why we play that game? Why? We play it because it's important that we learn that we have to be thinking about what we're saying or what we're going to say. We can't just answer, we can't play a scene where we just answer the lines because we happen to know them. Sounds a lot better than being taught BS. <laughs> that, that was supposed to be improvisation as well. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah. I really hope that I'm going to um, finish that course um, with being trained a lot more than I than I did before I came. Believe me, you will be. It is only six weeks. I mean, we're not going to turn you into Brad Pitt in six weeks. That's not that's not quite what I that's not quite what I pictured. But <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is, I'm just really hoping that this course is going to help me a lot. It will. You're going to be great. You wait and see. Yeah. I believe we're on to our Ask Mister A Plus segment. Um, basically, that segment is. A segment towards the end of the podcast where the guest gets the chance to ask me questions, whatever comes to mind. You know, you, you were saying before that sometimes you get noticed on the street and stuff and people want selfies and things, um, you know, and you were saying that sometimes that can be difficult to handle. I mean, how are you going to deal with the notoriety if you become a crazy big movie star? I think I'll do my best. I will actually also want to maintain some elements of privacy as well and because being someone who loves their family and friends i still also want to make time for them when i can yeah i would never turn down a television or film opportunity unless i really really needed to who would you love to co-star in a movie with there's a lot of people i'd love to work with a whole long list of people <laughs> like who name me one okay mark evan jackson uh-huh there's also Nick Offerman and also Christian Bale as well. Oh, Christian Bale, yeah. I think every actor loves Christian Bale for sure. 
No, not 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 Kristen Bell. I mean Kristen Bell. Oh, Kristen Bell. Right, yeah. oh, probably too. Her favorite animal is sloth, and that's my yes, favorite I know. animal too. Yeah, that's oh. my favorite animal too. So, what would be a movie or a TV series that you could literally watch as many any time over and over again? All my f- favorites. All your favorites, and if you could live in a movie. Um, or a TV series, what would it be? That's pretty hard to decide because they're all great. And what's your favourite? Well, what's your favourite uh, movie or TV quote, and why? Actually, I don't. I don't really have a favourite film or television quote. So there's none that you will sometimes say out loud just because someone said or done something that's reminded you of a TV quote. Not exactly. Um, the quote just comes to mind. When it, when it does. Yeah, right. Okay. I remember I, I've got a few movie quotes, but I love cowboy cowboy movies, Western movies. I think they're fabulous. I love them. And Kurt Russell rides up in town and he says, tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. <laughs> and then he rides off shooting his gun. Um, I always remembered that one. But, yeah, and there's all those um, uh, ones with Clint Eastwood, you know. I know you're asking. Oh, yeah. Did I shoot five or did I shoot six? <laughs> you know those sorts of those yep. sorts of crazy quotes. The only um, Clint Eastwood film that I ever saw was Hang 'Em High, but only for one reason. And why was that? Alan Howell Jr. was in that film. He was in um, Gilligan's Island, wasn't he? Yeah, I love that show. <laughs> and in fact, one role that I would really love to play of all time is probably the skipper. I always wanted to be Ginger. <laughs> she always looked like a Barbie. Do you happen to have any, any other questions for me? No, that's it. You've answered oh, them all. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much for your time today, Denise. I really appreciate it. It was lovely meeting you, Michael. Likewise. It was a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to seeing you again at ScreenWise in July, and I'm very excited about doing the beginner's acting course. Well, you know, you'll really love it. I know you will. And um, if I can, I'll pop in and say hello at some stage sounds good i would love that it would be an honor to meet you in person likewise thank you and for anyone interested in more information i'll put the links in the show notes thank you very much for your time again i really appreciate it thanks for having me it's my pleasure